passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. Welcome to the Sports Media Podcast. This is Richard Deitch. I'm your host. My producer is Patrick Antonetti. One guest in this episode, um, but an excellent one and, and a real honest one. Randy Scott is a co-anchor on the Sports Center AM edition of that uh, program. And uh, a couple weeks ago, or about a week ago, Randy Scott uh, posted a series of tweets which made public his mental health struggles, uh, massive weight loss, uh, anxiety, trouble sleeping. And uh, that really struck me, particularly as uh, I've mentioned this before, someone who's the son of a therapist and absolutely believes in therapy. Um, I believe this stuff really matters when you go public and let people in on your struggles because there's a lot of people out there who believe they're alone and they're not. And so Randy and I had a conversation about uh, his decision to go public with this, um, his getting therapy and how uh, how it's really helped. The role of Nicole Briscoe, his Sports Center co-anchor, and uh, and how she helped him recognizing some of these symptoms. Uh, Randy was raised by a naval aviator. I did not know that. That was kind of interesting. He said his dad was uh, Roger Staubach's uh, roommate as a pleep. Um, so that's pretty fascinating. Then we get into Sports Center and just uh, in 2023 and and how uh, an anchor approaches that. So Randy Scott coming up on the Sports Media Podcast. As I said at the top, I, I think you're going to appreciate this, uh, especially for those of you who listen to this podcast for a long time. Randy Scott is a sports center anchor. If you um, watch ESPN at all, you're certainly familiar with him. He joined ESPN in June 2012. That's a really, really long run for someone who works uh, sports center, and we'll certainly get into his sports center hours. Prior to ESPN, uh, Randy worked for Nesson in Boston, their big cable. Uh, sports um, network. He had stints in Fort Myers, Florida, 
he can probably uh, correct me because I'll blow this one. Tococo, Georgia. Close. And then Lawton. Yeah. Go ahead, Randy. Yeah. Go. Yeah. How do you pronounce it? Just, just Tacoa. Just uh, there are two C's, but they're, but they're right together. Yeah, that was a was a fun year. Yeah, my apologies. I know Athens and uh, Atlanta, but yeah, that's that's one I haven't hit. <laughs> and then Lawson, Oklahoma. And with that, as you just heard his voice, I'm joined by Randy Scott. Randy, welcome to the Sports Media Podcast. Thanks for having me, man. I'm long, first time, long time in the truest sense of the word. My apologies for all the mediocre content you've had to suffer, Randy, but that's very nice of you. Not at all. Um, all right. So... Uh, You have an interesting job just in I think SportsCenter is interesting to talk about in 2023. But the reason I reached out to you was because um, you were very public about something um, in your life when it comes to mental health. Mm -hmm. And as the son of a therapist, I've always sort of noted when anyone in a public forum, whether it's a famous athlete or someone in my world or our world, the sports media world, sort of publicly says that like – you know, I, I, I'm in therapy or I've had anxiety or I've had depression. So for those um, listening who did not, who are not on X slash Twitter or who might not have seen this, um, Randy put out a series of tweets, just basically letting people in. And he said, four years ago tonight, I found out my life as I knew it was over. I stopped eating, stopped sleeping, lost 30 pounds in a month, stress and anxiety and fight or flight are a hell of a diet. I withdrew at first, didn't tell anyone what was going on. I remember what started to pull me out of the withdrawal was learning about the confident brag. He won't say anything to anyone, uh, cares too much about what people think. He's too embarrassed. That was probably true, but it was drowning me. I had to get help. I went to therapy for the first time at age 37. And Randy then continues um, on about that and sort of lets people know that um, uh, there's no weakness in, in reaching out. And then ultimately, I think if I remember correctly from the series of tweets, gave out a number that people could call if they um, had mental uh, health issues. Um, Randy, this this is something you never had to be public about. Uh, It's not like anybody on social media was ever asking you about this or anything else. But you were prompted and compelled clearly to to go public with it. And maybe that was even part of your therapy, to go public with it. So why the decision to, to make this known? No, I think the last part that you said is is very true, is taking a little bit of ownership um, and a little modicum of control um, back because that to me was the was one of the hardest parts was was realizing as a panic attack would come on or as uh, you know some not welcome thoughts would intrude, um, realizing I, I couldn't stop it and that that loss of agency over your own thoughts and feelings and heart rate and chest tightness or lack thereof. Like it was to be able to take something back um, by grabbing it by the, by the neck and sort of saying, okay, all right, well, yes, this is happening. Yes. You're doing something about it. And maybe there are other people out there who have not taken that step. Cause that, I mean, like Richard, we've, talked briefly about your your background with your family with this so it's the, the family business so to speak um so I, I it sounds like you didn't grow up thinking that this was something that air quotes no quite, quite don't resonate on podcasts you know yeah. only crazy people do well right? quite the opposite in fact I, I will tell you that um because it just will be informative for you my mother um when she had her uh professional practice at home would have clients in the room literally next to my bedroom. So I would uh, just be very blunt. I would honestly over here, especially as a little kid, 
a lot of stuff probably little kids should not have heard just to be blunt about it um mm-hmm. but it nothing else what it informed me was that people really needed like an independent person or like an, a non-objective uh, person that they could bear their issues and problems with and i would hear over the course of these sessions sometimes with my mom that like there were real breakthroughs I mean, people would cry people would um say i i really feel much better um i don't remember her prescribing medication although she must have um and maybe the time was a little bit different just based on my age medication uh has gotten so much better now for this kind of stuff but yeah like it it's it in some it certainly was half the family business and then i was encouraged literally from very very young to like go into therapy have a therapist almost in the same way like uh kevin durant has a trainer uh, like my mom would put it in terms of yeah. like a therapist is essentially like your personal trainer for your brain. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, uh, and I, I never, I never subscribed to the idea that it wasn't manly to do this, that it wasn't masculine, that you were less of a human being to do it. I just never thought that I needed it. And I, I did, uh, November of November, November 17th, 2019. Um, when I was able, when I like these pieces of, information that had sort of been floating around in my brain had sort of clicked into place that I kind of realized what was going on, um, you know, in my, in my house and in my marriage and like sort of figured out like, Oh my gosh, <laughs> everything that I have, you know, built the outside, the, the home life upon, um, that foundation isn't, isn't sturdy at all. And if anything, it's, it's, it's collapsing. So, um, I, I, yeah, the, the the fight or flight really scared me, and that's I didn't realize what it was because you I, I would wake up in my hours on on Sports Center um on this on the Sports Center AM side of things the seven AM Eastern show we're there at four we're there at four AM and I live um, outside Boston so it's about uh, you know one hundred and fifteen miles door to door so I was waking up at one thirty one thirty five in the morning and hitting the road at two fifteen I still I still do that. Um, I take a little bit better care of myself sleep wise than I did at the time. And you realize how tied in everything is. Um, you know, I, I, I wave my hand and laugh at people who will say, Oh, you just need to exercise. Exercise will pull you out. And there's endorphins. I mean, I think it helps people, but, um, I thought Katie Nolan put it really well. She was on, on Dan Levitard's, uh, South beach sessions podcast recently. And, she said, if that was it, everybody would do, it. you know, if that was all it took, no one would need therapists, you know, no one would need the the medicine. So for, for me, when the crisis hit and I realized the husband that I was, the husband that I tried to be, the father that I was, the father that I tried to be, um, that I was really in danger of losing those opportunities, uh, it was hard to, for someone who had been, I've been very lucky. I've also worked really hard and I've been able to accomplish a lot of things that a, a lot of people dream of doing. And I had, I had everything. I had everything. I had the marriage I wanted or I thought I wanted. And I thought, um, and I had the, I had the kids that I, that I, I was so blessed to have three young, healthy kids and this job, this amazing job that was worth driving and still is worth driving two hours each way to do. And then suddenly it's a, it's a house of cards, man. And, um, and so to, so to, to, to realize that, that two of the pillars, uh, two of the legs on the chair are, are in danger of falling off. <clears throat> I wasn't equipped to handle it. And 
it took me more than a month to realize how ill-equipped I was. Um, and then my co-anchor on sports and I am at the time, Nicole Briscoe, one of my best friends, um, like, a, like an older sister. Yeah, and great, great person. Great person. Yeah. And she'll point out slightly older. She'll correct me slightly older person as older sister. Um, but she was, I came into work and she was like, so, and she has this bedside manner of a Miami or a, an army, you know, combat field tech. And she was like, uh, She's like, so people are talking about how thin you are and they want to know if you're sick. And I was like, no, not sick. And she was like, okay, is everything okay? And I was like, I almost cried on the spot, you know, over in DC two and Bristol on the, on campus. I was like, no, everything's not okay. And she said, uh, is everything okay here at work? And I was like, yeah, actually, yes. You know, our ratings were really, really good. And she and I were getting good feedback and, um, and she said, okay, so is it's home. And I said, yeah. And she goes, are the kids okay? And I said, yeah. And so in the series, I, th- I think you see where I'm going with this, like seven questions, she triangulated what was going on. And it felt so good to talk to her about it, talk to anybody about it, because I had internalized everything and said, I'm not going to tell anybody what's going on because it makes me look, you know, like less of a everything. And I don't want to, maybe this is just a blip and we can pull out of it. And then I don't, you know, I don't, no one can be the wiser right down the road. So she was like, what do you, what do you weigh? Like, what, what do you do? Have you weighed yourself recently? And I went home and I was at 187 pounds and I'm six, four. And before this, I knew I was 217. And that number had flashed out. So I knew I'd lost 30 pounds and it had been a month. And she was like, it's not, she's like, it's not normal. She's like, you need to eat, but you also need to talk to somebody. I, you know, I see you five days a week. What about the other days? So she really nudged me and, um, and I went and I found somebody and you know, this as well, that, that even, even finding someone, oh, is the act, the act, just the act of going through it is in some ways is a, uh, really is the big step. Just the fact that you sort of go through. So I want to ask you a couple of things just off what you said. Um, sure. Jay Glazer was on this podcast not too long ago and he talked about, um, literally having panic attacks on the air, um, and, and how to sort of, or anxiety attacks, I should be specific. And how to sort yeah. of fight that, thinking basically he's having a heart attack and he's going to collapse, you know, in front of ten million people. Um, you um, you had to navigate uh, doing this job. Uh, clearly, let's at the just at the very uh, basic say you're not getting enough sleep at all to sort of function for the most part. So how did you? How are you? I don't know. Did you comp- did you compartmentalize this enough where you were able to function at work on the highest level or? Um, like as Jay said, were there times like you're thinking, "Holy shit!" Like I'm gonna, I'm just gonna lose it on air tonight, and that's gonna be it. Like, how did you, how did you approach this, especially when things were at it in the sort of crisis period? Yeah, we're, I, I can say that work was an escape for me. That if I could get out of my house, I could feel like the burden of because what I, what I did was I was I felt like I was auditioning all the time, not at but 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 not at work. I felt like I was auditioning at home. I felt like I had to, I couldn't be in sweats. I couldn't be in some of the loungy dad wear, you know, that I would be in to roll around with my kids or whatever it was. Like, I felt like I I was auditioning for my job at home, truly. So, <laughs> so uh, work was an escape. And especially because that at the time for, for a little stretch, Nicole was the only person who knew what was going on. So that felt like, you know, she would check in. She'd be like, Hey, how's what's going on? What's this? How's that? So I, but I did put pressure on myself because I thought, man, I cannot lose this job. This is the only good thing I have going in my life right now. And 
if I do slip up because of lack of sleep or because of any number of anxiety triggers, uh, like I'm going to lose the only thing, the only good thing I've got going for me. So you always try to have the best show possible. Um, you always try to throw a perfect game, but it's such a subjective thing that like, you're, you're never going to, you're never going to reach that. For me, it was extra. It was just, you know, make sure that you don't lose this because it, Richard, I don't know if anybody has come on here and it's from the ESPN side and said that that part of the process in Bristol is finding your hope yeah. that once you get there, the race doesn't end. Once you get lucky enough to be at, at ESPN, there's a whole new race that starts. And some people, um, you know, have too many interests and some people only have one, but like, you know, uh, uh, give me a, an example. Here. Uh, uh, is, a, a SVP is not going to leave the, DC studio, you know, I, I'm, I'm using him as a far-fetched example, but like, if you have one thing that you want to do, you're probably out of luck. Cause there's somebody who's been there a while who's, who's doing that. Right. Um, so there's a whole thing that starts up. So to find a home, yeah, the hours are crazy, but I love sports center. I love a show that still does a lot of highlights. Each sports center has kind of tailored itself. Now the midday, you know, that's now 2 PM. That's, that's really a fast driven segment show. There's not, there aren't a ton of highlights on that show. The 11 PM always has highlights. Van Pelt has highlights and branded franchise elements. And, you know, LA is a ton of highlights, but our, our show has highlights and, and I, I love it. And, uh, in one of the, the tweets, um, in the thread that I put out that, that got a, a lot of, a lot of eyeballs was how the 7 AM show sports center family, uh, was a family is a family and it helped me through it. Um, especially as the pandemic hit, quarantine hit and i'm not trying to to get ahead of it so i just knew that with respect to jay and i know that jay glazer has done so much about physical fitness and about um there i can't remember if it's hy hydration there, there's something that he really put like thinks help knows helped him and well, he, uh, he, he i will i will tell you that medicate he has said medication for him does not work um they have not okay. been able to find uh, whether it's antidepressant medication and anxiety, like the right kind of mix. So essentially for him, like physical, like physical fitness training mm -hmm. for MMA, and then obviously being around people that, that, that sort of, um, and I'm, you know, I'm sure some therapy elements yeah. too, but that for him has been the case where for some other people, um, you know, maybe they take Xanax or they take, uh, what, you know, Lexpro, whatever the depression medication is of the moment for him, it's a little bit different because, um, at least what he said on my podcast is like his doctors really couldn't find a perfect mix. Ah, um, that's, that's, that's gotta be so frustrating. And, and that's part of it too, is like, maybe it's a, maybe it's a man thing. Maybe it's just a, a human thing. Maybe it's a, uh, you know, somebody who has a, a, a competitive or a job in a competitive industry or whatever it is, but like, you're so used to being able to, okay, if I just work harder, I'll be fine. I can fix this, whatever it is. If I work harder, know the right people got jay glazer his rolodex or his phone contacts to <laughs> take an outdated reference into the 21st century right. uh you know it's it's who you know you know like you, you can solve it through your connections and talent and all of it and this is the thing you cannot you cannot do this on your own you cannot outwork this you cannot outwork depression you have to uh at least not quickly you have to do the work through reaching out finding a therapist and that's what i mean by finding the right therapist sometimes you you find somebody who's covered in network and you go and it's just not the right fit. And then you have to move, you have to start all over again, tell your story all over again. And my story would bring me to my knees in different offices. I'd shiver. Um, and finally the therapist who, I'm, who I've been with for, for this, this long looked at me. She's like, you're, you're shaking. 
it's 73 degrees in here. You're shaking. And I was like, yeah, I've been doing that. She's like, it's fight or flight. You need, you know, and she had, she pointed it out and just even having a name, excuse me, having a name for it, not necessarily solving it, but at least having a name for it. It was like, okay, hello, nemesis. This is what this is. So now how do we, how do we address it? So So. for you, um, again, just only go as comfortable as you, 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 you feel, um, was it therapy? Has it been therapy only? Has it been a combination of therapy and medicine? Um, you know, you, you, therapy or it's sort of an ongoing thing. So, you know, I'm not, I wouldn't ask a question like, oh, now that you're cured, uh, because it's going to be a lifelong sort of process anyway. But what what was it that was able to at least get you sort of back centered and back to a place where you had control of you? Um. That's a really good question. Uh, so I, I haven't, I have not been on medicine, um, not because I don't believe in it, but because of my sleep schedule, I worried yeah. about hangover and I worried about in real time finding out that something made me groggy. Yeah. Makes sense. You know, as I'm, yep. as I'm, bombing, I'm bombing down the mass pike and hitting Sturbridge at three o'clock in the morning, yep. um, you know, don't want to draw any unnecessary attention from highway patrol or state troopers or anything. Um, so for me, it has, it has been therapy. It's been realizing, and I, I'm this is going to sound like an obnoxious name drop, but it really is just from a fan perspective. Um, but realizing once the pandemic hit and the isolation of quarantine set in, even for people with families and I'm raising my hand here, um, you know, at the time I was, <laughs> I was quarantining in, a, in the guest room, but I was still quarantining with people. And that in its own right, as you're in the beginning stages of a divorce are, is an, is an isolating thing. And so hearing from Chris Long and his podcast, or I, maybe he didn't even have the green light pod at the time. It was probably yeah. some guest appearances, but talking about how retiring from the NFL was messing with his head a little bit and how he, had to adjust to that. Uh, Sarah Spain at ESPN, Katie Nolan at ESPN, um, Levitard was at ESPN at the time. And then offline with, with friends and colleagues, like people who from the outside looking in, from the rose colored prism that social media is, you think, oh, it'd be, be amazing to isolate in, you know, this Dan Levitard high rise uh, <laughs> Miami condo, you know? Right. Um, everything looks fine on the outside, but to realize people that you look up to in this business personally and professionally, um, are, have some of the same struggles, um, was so helpful. It was just so freeing. It was, it was like, it was like you weren't isolated, even though maybe literally and physically, uh, you were. So that really helped. And then being my own, um, uh, not waiting for people to reach in, uh, you know, reaching out, um, talking, I remember the first time I told my siblings, you know, first time I told my dad, you know, my dad was a top gun naval aviator. I read you know? that. Uh, naval adi- aviator. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah. <laughs> it's Roger Staubach's uh, uh, roommate at, at the Naval Academy, uh, plebe, plebe summer, you know, really? he's, wow. Oh, he, he, Incredible. Like, when men, you know, he'll, he, he says, you know, when men were men, you know, and realizing <laughs> that I could talk, I could talk to him about it and realizing that was a sympathetic ear when I felt like if I talked to him, it was just another failure you know the first failure being not going into the family business of the united states navy you know right. <laughs> like hey dad i'm gonna join a fraternity at northwestern he was like yeah i was in a fraternity biggest fraternity in the world u.s navy <laughs> you know good by, by, by the way that is a very good line by your dad it's said he's full, <laughs> of them. he's full of them but like but realizing that the circle was only as small as i 
as I made it. You know, I could reach out. I could talk to people. They would understand. They would be sympathetic. They'd be just as blindsided as I was. Um, that it it was not something to be embarrassed about. And once I got past that, and that took some time, but once I got past that, then the weight the weight loss cratered at thirty pounds and came back up. And you know, you you could you know even as the world shut down, even as um, my the show went away. I don't know. It, it I know it registered on the ratings, but the seven a.m. went away in April of twenty twenty. Didn't tell anybody. Yeah, and then we didn't tell anyone. Well, because we're a react to the night before show, and there's no night before. There's no night before. You know? Yeah, unless you're going to do yeah. a whole show on Bundes on German Bundesliga soccer, right back then. Incur or, or, or the <laughs> Korean baseball league. God well, bless right, that. Right. That really helped, but you know, Van Van Pelt's doing senior night. And we're not going to react to senior night, you know. Senior right. night was a was a brilliant, brilliant stroke by them, and but so we were off until uh, until football season came back, and then you realize, oh, we didn't lose the job, and okay, then here we go. ESPN's still here, and sports is still here, and the world's still here, and here we go, and and getting back that sense of normalcy. So I, for me, from when I found out to when I was sleeping through the night, it took eight months. Wow. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Ready to elevate your home? Picture this. Central heating, a cozy fireplace, or your dream walk-in closet. Build a backyard oasis, go green with solar panels, or start a business. It's all possible with Figure's Home Equity line of credit. Unlock up to $400,000. Apply online in five minutes. Funding in as little as five days. Head to figure.com and transform your home. Figure Lending LLC, DBA Figure, Equal Opportunity Lender, NMLS 1717824. Terms and conditions apply. Visit figure.com for more information. For licensing information, go to www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. What else you about Sports Center? Um, the, you know, it's very interesting to me that um, Sports Center still exists in 2023, and in, in some ways that's a miracle if you think about it. Like just you know, like um, I remember even when I first started sort of uh, writing sports media, like the a big narrative was like the highlight show is dead. You know what I mean? And like like what's going to replace it? It's only going to be opinion. And like here we are still in 2023, and Sports Center exists. I'm not saying it was the Sports Center of the 80s or the 90s. Nothing is the same. I mean, you know, my end run at Sports Illustrated, it wasn't the same as Sports Illustrated was in the 1970s. But you still work for like a significant brand and like an important part of um, people's day. And I wonder, um, I don't know, how do I sort of say this? Like, do you have to just sort of do it in 2023 and like not think about what it was in 1995? Do you know what I mean? Like you, you work for a legacy brand, but in some ways oh, yeah. you got to do you. Like it doesn't matter what it previously <laughs> was. And I, I wonder just if you think about that, like how you think about that stuff. I think about it. Um, I, I'm not too cool to say that this isn't a job that I wanted. Sorry, I'm getting lost in the double negatives. Like I, I wanted this job from the time I was like 12. I mean, yeah. my dad, 
my Navy dad wouldn't spring for cable. So I was always stealing the remote at friends' houses and, you know, um, and changing it to ESPN and watching Dan and Keith and watching Stu and watching uh, Kilborn and Brett Haber and Charlie Steiner and Robin Roberts, like on down the line. So no, are we going to have, are we gonna have a two minute Royals uh, guardians highlight? Uh, you know, in the, in the A block with a 45 second <laughs> Olbermann, Bob Feller lead in. No, we're not going <laughs> to, we're not going to, we're not going to have that. Um, but what, what's, what struck me when you said, you know, the highlight shows are dead and the, some of those headlines from however long ago, um, I listened to the, to the Dana Carvey, um, uh, David Spade fly on the wall podcast. And they referenced this piece. I, I don't know if it was variety or wherever it was, but it Saturday night dead, you know, and it was in 1995 or whatever. Oh, wow. Like they've been, they've been trying to kill off that show all you know all the time too and i'm not saying that i where where i think sports center and saturday night live are similar is like in terms of having a cultural being a cultural touchstone for different audiences um not trying to conflate my own role in that no no Uh, but that's there's there in in many ways they are similar they're just these iconic shows that have been around a long time that had a major impact on american culture and have probably been called their death has been called for like a hundred (laughs) times (laughs) <laughs> previous reports of my demise proved to be, I, I'm going to botch that quote, but right. yeah, proved yeah. to be erroneous. Uh, but so I, I, I think um, it's, it's a challenge now. It is fast. It's faster. And I, I remember they had an alumni week um, at ESPN or a couple weeks where Kilborn came back. And I think that uh, was before I, that's before I was there, but Dan Patrick came back and did a show or two since I've been there I remember that and, one, and remarked at how fast, how much faster it is. It really is. It's 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 a faster paced show. Not that they can't do it. They could. They're still. They could. They're legends. They haven't lost their. They haven't lost their fastballs in that respect. But um, God, Stewart would be Stewart would be an amazing person to talk to about this. But like, it's a it's a faster. It's just a faster show. And we are, I think, through virtue of you know smartphones and virtue of uh, second screens and how we watch games and how we're never we're truly never really locked into one thing anymore. I think it helps us on air. Gary Streisky, my co-anchor now is one of the most talented people I've worked with. He's so proficient in social media and, and meeting. I think about this as a parent. Sometimes you have to meet your kids where they are. So I have a Roblox account. I have a PlayStation account. Like yeah. <laughs> I you have to go, where, you have to go where your kids are and we have to go where the audience is. So if the audience is on Instagram and Omar Raja is so good at meeting people there and Gary Streisky is so good at meeting people on TikTok in addition to sports center and you know, Dan Orlovsky's tape breakdowns that have traction on social media. Ryan Clark is in an emerging like media empire unto himself. Like the role for sports center is still there because the audience is still there. Right. And they want to see, they want to digest sports that yes, they can get on their second screens, but they want to see our take on it. I think there's more pressure to present it in a way and in a fashion or style that they can't get anywhere else because you're right. Then they will not watch. Did, um, I'm curious, Mike. Mike, I mean, I will say one thing about ESPN is they, they've been a very, very good company. When people um, sort of put out there that like um, they're struggling or something, you know, they, they have a health issue or something else. My sense is that probably when you put that out, you probably heard. I got to believe you heard from colleagues who probably yeah. didn't know anything, right? And just reached out and be like, "Hey, man, thanks for yeah, maybe just checking up on you, right? See how you're doing, kind of stuff." Yeah, I had. Uh, um, I don't know this is going to be more name dropping, but yeah, you would have like uh, one of my bosses, um, Maria Suarez was said, I had no idea. I had no idea. And I Maria and Jill Fredrickson before her and Norby Williamson, even um, 
I had to have a conversation with, with Norby and I say had to, because you just don't want to bother people. You don't want to bother someone like in, in any corner office anywhere. You don't want to feel, you don't want to feel like a bother yeah, to yeah, them. Yeah. You want to, you want to, you, you want to be an employee who nobody has to worry about basically. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like if you, if you notice the referees during a game, it means something's gone wrong. Right, exactly. Um, but I had to go to him because we were working on a uh, parenting plan. My, my ex-wife and I would for the kids. And um, I had to present to family court a consistent couple of days off in a week. And that can be tough to come by in this business because sports happen on different days all the time. Exactly. And so I, I had to call Norby and get and, and he was like, so what are we, you know, he was like, okay, so I, I kind of laid it out. And he said, so what are we talking about? And I said, I need, I need Mondays and Tuesdays off. And he was like, and he laughed. He was like, I thought you were going to ask for the moon. He goes, what are we even talking about here? He's like, I have four daughters. If I had to go one night without seeing one of them, I would lose my mind. He's like, done, done. And if there's anything else, come to me directly. You don't have to go through, get on my calendar or whatever. And that's nor that is you know, I'm raising my hands up here in this podcast, but that yeah. is Norby Top Williams. Guy. Yeah, no, that's, that's that speaks well. You know? And 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 so, uh, you know, that's Mike Mike McQuaid. Do you know um, the name Mike, Mike McQuaid? McQuaid? Yeah, of course. One of the most intimidating and unintentionally so. You know, he's not the great Santini. He's not a yeller. Uh, he can be uh, when it's necessary, but like he's just a a guy who will just he's intimidating for positive reasons. And I remember when. Um, when my mom was sick in 2016, I had to go to him and say, Mike, I, I need uh, like to go be there for cancer treatments here for about a week in Baltimore. And I had built it up. So I was so nervous to have this conversation. I'd only been ESPN. I was probably still on my first contract. And he was like, same thing. He's like, what are we talking about? He's like, yeah. He goes, he goes, listen, he goes, it's a horrible thing to be good at, but we are good at this. So let us be good at this. You go be good at that. Yeah. And meant the world to me and i never see mike anymore um and i think he would probably not even appreciate me bringing it up because he's just so you know eyes forward forever forward and and so good at what he does but but yeah espn is is very good about this and uh and um yeah there were people it, it was a lot of i had no idea or if they did know they were like hey good for you for good for you for sharing that and if they knew me in 2019 and 2020 they're like, you seem so much happier. And that's the, that's the people that I surround myself with now and, you know, relationships that I've, that I have. And, um, you know, just not, yeah, you don't want to victim blame, but just not isolating yourself and thinking I'm the only person in the world this happens to. Yeah. It's not a misery loves company thing. You're not like, Oh good. He's suffering too. She's suffering too. It's not that it's just knowing that you're not alone in this. You know, it's interesting as we're, we're taping this on the, um, 60th anniversary of the um, Kennedy assassination. Kennedy assassination. Your dad would have been at the Naval Academy at that time, if my math is right, or no? Or yeah, he was. He was in the uh, in the procession back in DC. Wow. Um, from an I'm sure yeah. you talked to him about that, but uh, yeah. you know that that I always think of like the service academies and what it would have been like there. You know, this was such a shock to the entire country. But yeah. you know, if you're if you're if you're a uh, a student at the Naval Academy at the time, you don't know if you're about to go to war in like a month or something. You know what I mean? Like it, it, it must've oh. been just been an incredible, incredible time to live there. Well, and, and he was one of theirs, right? He was one of their own. He's a Navy man. Yeah, exactly. In so no, it was, um, uh, he, he says now that the, the footage is, uh, colorized that you can pick him out 
if you if you see somebody with bright red bright red hair that was his that was his call sign when he was a red navy it was red yeah. yeah so if you see somebody with bright red hair that was that was probably probably wow. him all right so if yeah. i so if i so when you were a kid and whenever you watched top gun it's like watching your dad right basically at the yeah. yeah i mean so my i've seen my dad cry um i i count on one hand but one of them was when uh miramar naval air naval air station miramar was turned over to the marines and now it's marine corps air station Miramar. oh wow yeah, that 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 rivalry is deep. So Seriously. dad, so my my dad's dad, my grandfather, on my dad's side was uh, a marine and fought in World War II in the Pacific. And the re- whole reason my dad went to my dad thought he was going to Stanford, but he's one of six. So he gets into Stanford, and his dad's like, "Yeah, with what money? I got five, I got five more of you guys coming down the pike. It's either military or trade school." So my dad went into uh, had the grades obviously, and, and went into Naval Academy just to get a arise out of his dad. Wow. Uh, this may be the dumbest question ever. Did you, do you fly or did you ever have designs to, to learn how to fly? No, not at all. Um, I, I'm not a good flyer either. So my, my, my dad was in the, well, eventually was in the Naval reserves as we got older as kids. So he made it to, uh, two stars, uh, as an admiral. And that's as far as you can go in the reserves because he had a full-time second job that's right. of wow. commercial, airline pilot so he was at united and then before that he was at eastern airlines of course yeah 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 and that's and my mom was a flight attendant for eastern airlines and and then eventually trump shuttle after that and us air after that and so we've i guess what i'm trying to say is we flew a ton on standby and uh i'm still not a good flyer (laughs) i'm a nervous flyer it's it's so interesting uh when my mom passed away uh in 2020 um and we had to clean her house out one of the things we found was like playing cards from pan am and like all these like e- like i know eastern airlines very well because like, yeah. she had like uh stationary from there or uh like we found something from braniff you remember braniff airwaves i remember i remember braniff yeah. I don't know if so like I'm, I, for whatever weird reason i'm like kind of a fan of like those airlines that like used to be back in the day it's just kind of like fascinating yeah. to me me too no i i look for i'll spend i can go down an ebay rabbit hole where I find, and I have an Eastern, I have an old Eastern Airlines travel poster to love uh, it. Yep, to Miami. But like, no, I love you know TWA and Piedmont and Northwest. TWA, TWA. that's right. Yeah, and I have my, uh, I got uh, my first cousin flies for Delta, so we we have some flyers in yeah. our um and um was military before that, and uh, um so yeah. I have great admiration. That is an unbelievable skill to have, um and um. And a very stressful job, like commercial air pilots. You think they have it easy? You got no idea. It is you, you, you. Thank the people every time you land, man, because this, the, you, you, you need good people in that seat. <laughs> they do a better job of of mandating rest now. Yes, they do. We're back. Yeah, I'm, I think my. I mean, uh, I don't really even talk to my cousin much about this, but I, I know he had stretches where it was like when he first started, like crazy amount of hours he'd be on. Yeah, yeah like and, doctors, and, like and when they when they train doctors, basically the same idea. Yeah, 24 on, 24 off. I'm yeah. not saying that, that they do that with pilots or have, but like it, it unfortunately it manifests itself now and like my flight's delayed because there's a crew issue and yeah. now my flight's canceled. And it's like it's so much better than the alternative. Exactly. Because if you want somebody sleep deprived in charge of these things, like that's just I not it, it's not good for anybody. But uh, again, one of the biggest go ahead. One, one, I just remember one of the biggest fights that my dad and I had was when I was like I was 17 and he was just full speed ahead. You're going to the Naval Academy, I'm gonna get you a congressional appointment. Um, and I was like, so the opposite direction and this idea of like, how are you going to serve your country? What are you going to do to serve your country? And I couldn't say 
you know, dated references under baseball highlights, dad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I couldn't say that. So I was like, I, you know, I'll figure something out. I'll pay my taxes. I'll be a good person. But dad, I bruise like a peach and I don't really, I'm too, too sarcastic for authority. <laughs> so I, I don't know. That, I don't know that Naval Academy is going to work. Right. Yeah. So you're like stripes, basically. You're the, you're, you're the, you're the characters <laughs> uh, from that. Yeah. It was saying just like, you, you sort of had me thinking about uh, airline travel today versus they, listen, I get it. Like people have things happen. It's a pain in the ass when your flight's delayed. Let me just remind people once upon a time, they literally smoked on the freaking plane. Do you realize how, like, <laughs> the world was a different place? Like, trust me, it's a million times better today. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Uh, Randy Scott is an anchor on uh, Sports Center AM, right? Is my, am I have my uh, my title correct there? Um, yeah. And um, you, you could obviously catch him on a regular basis on ESPN. And again, I uh, totally recommend if you happen to be on, um, if you have me on X slash Twitter to find his feed and to. Um, and to check out what he wrote. It was really, really incredibly honest and um, uh, not something you often see. And again, I, I really am a big believer in this, um, that that stuff saves lives, particularly when it comes to men. I, I mean, you know, I always take note of when, like, the Players' Tribune has one of those long pieces, or it did, like, when it was an athlete who sort of just talked about being, like, in the depths of despair or depression. Uh, it just, I'm telling you, like, that stuff has more, you don't even realize who it impacts, but it just reminds people that you're like you're not alone like you're not the only one suffering this and that's the problem with all this stuff is you always feel like you're uh, you're suffering yeah. Randy man I, I really appreciate coming on you did not have to do this I wish you the best of luck I, I'm really happy that you're uh, sort of like mentally in a better place and uh, and people will be checking you out on SportsCenter thank you uh, so much for joining me today on the Sports Media Podcast really appreciate it man really appreciate it thank you for the time Richard uh, back in the studio, my thanks to Randy Scott for uh, for sharing that story with me and and his honesty. Uh, appreciate it uh, very much. Get head to the archives. We've had some uh, excellent interviews. Ted Robinson uh, came out over the last couple of days. Joe Buck of ESPN, ABC. Jason Benetti, the great uh, baseball broadcaster, now with the Tigers. Uh, again, head to the archives. Uh, there should be uh, there should be things you appreciate. Want to thank Patrick Antonetti for all his hard work on this podcast. Thanks to everybody at Odyssey. And thank you for listening. We'll see you soon on the Sports Media Podcast. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.